0: Welcome to church, to all the guests that are in the house. We are so glad that you joined Victory today. Welcome home, you are in for a treat. The pastor you're about to hear from today is one of my favorite speakers, favorite authors. He's made an incredible impact on the world, him and his wife and family. They serve in Birmingham, Alabama. They are leading leaders, ministering to pastors, and I'm telling you, you are gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna be inspired and encouraged. Would you stand with me today and give a big applause to Pastor Dino Rizzo! Come on, somebody! You can be seated. What an honor, how humbling that is. Uh, I just wanna make sure I get that cupcake afterwards. Uh. We could call security and handle that situation. From Pastor AJ, since he blew it out, he'll probably nibble on it. And, uh, and so, anyway, what an honor it is to be in this amazing church, and just very humbling, very humbling just during the worship time. Like, you, you sense how good God's been to your life. And, and just singing that song, it, it just reminds me of how much grace and, and how much mercy I walk in every day and so, this is, this is a, a, another reminder, just being able to be here with this great church, love this family, love the, the, the history of our church, as well as the, the heritage that's being built upon, and the legacy of what God has done, uh, that it continues to live and reach people and fulfill the heart that God has got. I love the mission of this house, which is to love God and love people. I get to travel and get to be at some other great churches around the country, and you just you just want that to be a mission of every church, is loving God and loving people. I think that's why we're here. I think that's what this is all about. I know that's the heart of your pastors and the heart of this house, whether it's through the victory groups or through the growth track, it's the heartbeat of your, your victory conference Uh, Bringing people in so that others can be inspired so that we can make a difference not only in this house but from this house. So, this is a generous church. You're known for generosity, which I think is something pretty cool to be known for. Uh, You're you're known as a church that cares about the poor, cares about others, doing everything you can through outreach. And just like the the, the walk it out or, or the food distribution, you distribute tons of food every year through your giving. You can't do things like that without generosity. Those that are watching online, those at a satellite campus, you don't see all these things happening. And when you walk around this incredible campus, the school, the Bible school, uh, all the things that are happening with the kids right now, you know that it's generosity. It's This doesn't happen without sacrifice. So, just thank you for your sacrifice for others. And thank God that church is for us. But how many knows that there really church is about those that are not yet here? And can I have better amen right there? And so, that's what we're all about here at Victory. That's the heart of your pastors. And so, again, it's an honor for us to be here and love your pastors, uh, being able to spend some time with them. and and. And, and and you as a church help us and your pastors play such a big role in that, is helping to, to inspire other young pastors who want to plant churches. I, I lead an organization called ARC, Association of Related Churches there in Birmingham, and, and get to serve on a team there at Church of the Highlands. I have a lot of fun like this, baptizing people, helping people take next steps, which I think is incredible. I think, you know, being able to leave here and walk into the foyer and connect with maybe what God would want to do next, not be confused or wonder, how do I get my life together? Or, how do I find freedom in my life? We're doing all we can to make it easy for you here at Victory as, as we do that at Church of the Highlands. So, we get to help plant churches, and you're a part of that when you give. Uh, when you when you text to give, or you give online, or you came ready to give today, your leadership team has has made a decision to help plant other churches, and, and we planted in the last 16 years, right at 675 churches. This fall alone, because of your generosity, the leadership of this church will plant 70 churches in just about a month in the United States and Canada. Can you clap your hands for that? And there's couples right now that are visiting churches like this, learning and trying to. Uh, rent out that middle school or secure that theater to do church in, and, and they need resources, and, 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 and you're a part of that. So, thanks a lot on behalf of them. That comes right out of the heart of your pastors. I can tell you this about your pastors. They love you, and they love God. They love each other, they love this, this region, they love people, love being around them, the real deal. So, I'm grateful for your pastors. and Love coming alongside of this idea difference of makers. I just love that love what God is doing throughout this month, but uh, it's an honor our family pastored a church in in South Louisiana for a bunch of years and planted a church and pastor a church. Now we're in Birmingham, and I don't ever communicate without showing a picture of my family, because I just wouldn't do it with, without their, their, with their support. That's on the left, that's our youngest daughter. That's Isabella, and so I'm Italian, and my wife is Cajun. And so, how many of us, when you're Italian, you married to a Cajun? There's a whole lot of activity going on around my house right now. And let me just tell you about us. We're kind of those make yourself at home people, whether you give permission or not. And so, if I show up at your house, I'm gonna get in your refrigerator without asking. I will use your toilet. Come on, somebody. I'm that guy who just shows up. I, ain't, I, I when I interrupt things, it's a blessing to people. And so, I just I just we just kind of those kind of people. And uh, so, I make myself at home, which this is an easy place to make yourself. You feel at home at Victory, so it's been easy for me. And Then that's our other our other daughter. That's because she's. 23, working there at Church of Holland. That's my son who's with me. He's been traveling with me, which is fantastic. That's Dylan, and uh, he's up in New York, working at the Hillsong Church there. And so, and then that's my lovely wife, Dylan Monique Rizzo, been married 28 years. And so, uh, that's my, my bride, best Christian I know. And uh, so, again, it's an honor to come alongside of your pastors and the vision of this house, reaching people, being a difference maker. And so I want, I want to get right up beside that message uh, today and I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of show and tell, show and tell. And I, I'm just praying that God's going to help us today. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online. You just say, you know what? There's something missing in my life or I feel like I have a greater purpose. I want to make a difference with my life. just don't want to take up space. Uh, and, and, and sometimes we think because of what we've been through or what's happened, that we no longer can make a difference, and that's not true. If we have breath, God's grace is alive. Can I have a good amen? amen. And so, we're just going to believe that, that we're gonna, God's going to help us today. So, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this amazing church. We thank you for our pastors. Thank you for all that's happening through the Victory Small Groups and through Church of Life, the Victory Conference that's right around the corner. Lord, what a great idea to reach people through that setting. So, Father, we just, we pray right now, thinking our pastors are getting refreshed and getting recharged so that they can run this next season and reach souls. So, Lord, we just pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, we, we, we admit again that we're not all there. We're trying to figure some things out. We've not arrived. Still learning, Lord. So, speak to us today. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. I not you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, be nice. Now look at the other person, that was your second choice, and tell them, you look like you could use some church, my friend. church That's how we say it in the dirty south. Let me share a little bit about about my, my, just my journey in finding Christ, because I was not raised in church. Uh, We were not church-going people. My parents did not go to church. They did not bring us to church. Every once in a while, so my dad was, well, I had a Catholic background, my mother had a Baptist background, but we would go to church every once in a while, like we go to, like Catholic church at Christmas and then like Baptist church at Easter. And that was a whole lot of church. So we take off like three years. Because that was a lot. And uh, and so and then but we didn't go to church it was not in our framework. We would not get up and say, let's go to church. And maybe some of you were blessed with a home where you you went to church, but maybe there's a few that that like me, it it was just not something that was in your value system. And we, we lived in a small town in South Carolina on the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we did tourism work. So we worked the weekends. Our, we were a working family on the weekend. And and I, I but but I would have never come to church. So God brought the church to me. And so I came to Christ. Through outreach, a church had an idea like you do. Walk it out, or through your food distribution, or, or ways that you serve this community, and you reach out to others. And so, a church had an idea, and 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 they reached out to to on a Saturday. And I was I was one of those they reached out to, and the young man that talked to me that day about the gospel. I had never heard the love of God explained the way he did it. Sometimes I'd have people talk to me about God as if he did not love me. I don't know if you ever had anybody talk to you about the love of God, and it sounded like he's not much of a loving God. He was convincing. And I remember leaving there thinking, well, God must love me even though all this has gone on, and I participated with these things. And so through that process, two weeks later after he talked to me, I knelt down on my knees, and I read the sheet of paper that he handed me that Saturday afternoon. I'd kept it beside my bed, and uh, back in those days, you would call it a gospel track. Uh, That may be a new word to you, which I understand. Basically, it was a sheet of paper that would write the gospel plan on it, and then you turn it over, and it would have what you call a sinner's prayer. And that would a prayer you could pray to invite Jesus into your heart, like we'll do at the close of our time today. And so I invited Jesus into my heart in my bedroom, June the twenty first, nineteen eighty two, and I received Christ. I want you to hear this from a church I've never been to and people that I do not know. But thank God that not only did they enjoy church, uh, they also enjoyed reaching out from the church. And sometimes we, 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 we God wants us to be those kind of people. So. I've looked back on that, and I've wondered, wow, that was a, man, what a harvest. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for outreach. So, so I kind of bleed outreach. I, I think a lot about those that are not yet here, and what do we need to do as a church to make changes and to make adjustments so that we can continue to reach society and culture around us for those, that are not here because I want my life to be about populating heaven and plundering hell. Can I have a good amen? And I believe that's my purpose in life, and I believe that's the purpose of the church. But I've looked back over my life, and I've realized there were some things, because the Bible says that some plant some water and some reap a harvest, and so that was the harvest. What was the planting? I remember my sisters began to read the Bible, and every once in a while, they would give me a verse, which I thought was so odd. What was a verse? I'll never forget looking at these words, and then they had these numbers, and the name of a person, and numbers, and I didn't understand what that was, but can I tell you something? They were giving me a verse, but what was happening was a seed was being planted. I didn't even know it as as a young teenager. And then my senior year, I had a baseball player that was on our team that ended up going to play college and and professional ball. His dad was one of our coaches. His dad, in fall ball, dropped dead, died, and, and it all shocked us. But I watched the way he walked through it. This young man by the name of Jack, he was a classmate of mine, and, and he was our best baseball player. So he had a little bit of a, uh, he carried himself well, and, and he was the leader of our team. And, and, and during spring of ball, and during his practices, I would say, Jack, are you okay? He's lost his dad, the pain and the heartache of that. He would always say things back to me around the batting cage. Dino, God's got me. Wow. I didn't know anybody talking that way. That just wasn't something. We didn't go through our high school saying, hey, what's up? God's got me. No, 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 no. We said other things, if you know what I'm talking about. And, and he would say things like, I remember one day sitting by the batting case. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good in God's peace. What's that? He did a devotion at the end of our season. I didn't even know what a devotion was. And the devotion was about the idea that God is in control no matter what. I look back over my life and I thank God for the harvest and I thank God for the seeds that are planted. But any of you know that when a seed is planted and there's a harvest, the watering is a whole lot more. The watering was watching him walk out, watching him go through his pain, watching him go through the furnace of loss and situation, but continue to serve God. See, how he handled his furnace began to formulate my faith. Why? Because I was watching him. He was just not living out uh, his season. He was just not living out uh, his loss. He was preaching from his loss. Because he handled things, and the way he was responding was a sermon to me. He was living it out. He was letting God be God in all things. Romans 8, 28 is probably one of my favorite scriptures. I get stuck on scriptures. I read them over and over again. I've been studying Romans eight twenty eight In Bible college, one of our professors made us read the book of Ephesians a hundred times. Just get stuck and just letting that thing marinate. I believe in marinating things. I'm from South Louisiana. We will marinate a Krispy Kreme donut. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'll bring home, put in sugar. I and so, uh, I like scriptures marinate. I'm, I'm going to read you this. Uh, Romans 8, 28, and we know that in, it's an interesting word. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think sometimes we can read verses so quick, uh, we're, not, we're not getting everything that maybe the Holy Spirit would want to speak to our life and our family and our journey. Paul is saying, and he's, he's saying in a convincing way, and we know not that I feel this, not that I'm hoping this is going to happen, got my fingers crossed. No, 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 Paul is saying, and we know that in all things, not, not beyond all things. Not on the other side. It's easy on the other side of things to look back and say, well, I guess I can see God working in that chapter of my life. It's easy to say that when you're on the other side of a battle, you're on the other side of a storm. But Paul is saying, in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my suffering, in the middle of my situation, God was in it. That in all things, God works for the good. Of those who love him, there's a condition. It's just not some pie in the sky. where everybody's good. We all good. No, we're not. We're not all good. He says, but it'll work for good of those who love him. Just love him. Not perfection. Not a, you got everything together. No, you're just trying to lean in to love him, just trying to figure it out. How many does God will meet you halfway? Just those that are trying just those that love me I, I, he'll work for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his his purpose, not their purpose, uh, not, not the life that they intend or somebody else intended for you to live, but there's a bigger purpose. I love how Paul is writing, and, and Paul is saying, I am convinced that all of my tests and all of my trials and my ups and downs and my good, bad, and ugly, that, that God's been working on all those things, and that even though time has passed, time has proven that all things work together to serve a much, much, much bigger purpose than my own purpose. I look back over my life. Paul even said it. Man, I was stoned. I was thrown out of a city. They were hating on me. They, they tried to abandon me, and I was alone. But I look back over my life, and I look back over my journey, and I look back over the days that I lived, and even in the pain, God was knitting things together. Even in the loss, God was knitting things together. Even in the, 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 the struggle, God was knitting things together. And I could say that God was in it. The other day I wrote in my journal, I said, if God's in it, God's got it. Can I have a good amen? Paul is saying that, that I see God in it. And he wasn't in it just for me. It wasn't just about me, myself, and I. He was in it so that I could serve a bigger purpose. The bigger purpose was about reaching people, because that's always the bigger purpose of the church. Reaching people. Thank God for everything. It is a false idea to think that church is about us. You will get your feelings hurt when you think church is about you. See, can I tell you something? I have made a decision to follow Christ. Though none go with me, I'm a love God. All by myself, I'm a love God. I'm gonna I'm go to heaven. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not turning my back. I'm 53. I have not birthday. 53 strong. Come on, somebody. I like being old. When I was young, couldn't I You know, now now that I'm 53, I can't wait to be like 90. When you're older like that, you just say what you want. I'm old now. I just say what I want and go to bed at 8:30. Glory to God. I don't care. It's a freeing thing. Age. But I've realized, in my, as the older I get, the more I realize that church is about him and it's about them. And the them is those that are not here yet. I, I've, I've walked through the gospel door. I've stepped, through the, I, I've stepped through John 3, 16. I've stepped through John 14, 6, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can go into heaven other uh, than through him. He's the gate. He's the door. But what I don't want to do is let the door slam behind me. I want to continue to live a life and give my tithe and give my time and be a part of a victory group and be a part of serving and outreach. So I keep holding the door open. Why? For others. Because I want my life to show and tell. I love First Peter. This is a verse that kind of reinforces what Romans 8:28 says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7 is it's just fantastic. It says, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. That verse was going well till about midway through it, wasn't it? Oh, come on, be real. That verse was so good at the beginning, but then it was like, even though, even though you must endure many trials for a little while, but then it, it gives them a little purpose. These trials will show got to circle that word or highlight that word if you're looking at it on your phone. These, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. So, so thank God when our faith is on the mountaintop. Woo Yes. No, no. Where your genuine faith is developed is, is deep down in the valley. says so these trials will show your faith is genuine. It's being tested. It's being tested as fire tested purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. When Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world, Lord, help me live my life in a way that I will endure and I will remain faithful so that my life will reveal to other people, to the poor, the hurting, those that are fighting addiction, those that have given up, those that are angry in their life, those that are to eat up with hatred. Lord, let me live my life in a way that I reveal Jesus to broken, lost humanity. Because that's the bigger purpose because we're living in a painful world. You know, back in the day, addiction would only touch a certain family here and there. That ain't so now. There's not many families that have not been touched with the pain of addiction. You don't find many. Brokenness, hurt, suffering. Lord, that I could live my life in a way that I could show and tell God cares about people. God cares about broken people. Uh, when I was going to school, when I, I went to school and I discovered about in, in the first grade I had a speech issue. Uh, we never talked, I, I didn't know, it, so my sisters have told me all this. So first grade they send me to a speech, to, to a special school, and then uh, they determined that I have a speech challenge. I stuttered. I couldn't say certain words. i get caught with certain words and couldn't pronounce it correctly, and so they, I was, I was deemed as a, to be going to resource and so, uh, from first grade to about eighth or ninth, I think in ninth grade, I moved out of resource. And, uh, you know, back in those days, back in the 70s, not a lot of sensitivity to challenges like that. Literally, just go to resource. I mean, go to homeroom, literally, they would get on the say hey, how y'all doing? Okay, great, we got, we got fish sticks for, for lunch. Uh, come on, thank God for fish sticks. Uh, we got fish sticks for lunch. And, uh, oh yeah, let's get those resource kids over down to the, to the resource. He was in the homeroom. I, I can talk about it because I, I was in it. He's get in front of everybody like, what's up? <laughs> resource. See y'all at lunch. Because I was there to lunch. Uh, and then you would go to regular school around lunch. So in regular school, I excelled in two courses. One was recess honors, honors recess. <laughs> Anybody, we got any honors recess people in the house. Come on, where you at? Shout out. On, I know there was a group, a support group, uh, victory group, victory group, victory catalog, small group catalog. Um, <laughs> and then the other was a show and tell. Uh, back, if you don't know what show and tell is, back in the day, it's just a time for teachers to either grade papers or just breathe. Um, and so, you'd, you'd bring something and you would show it and then you'd talk about it. But well, at the end of the year, there'd be like the grand finale show and tell. And, and so, they, so, you'd bring something home. So I was in like seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. Um, and uh, so you, you, they passed around a list. Everybody's name's on the list. And I was second to the last, and then there was this other kid who would never talk to me, and he was, he was, he was the last. He sat by me. And so you'd write, you'd write down what you are going to bring. And the, 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 it was kind of a code. It was like a code. Don't write down what other people are bringing. Don't try to one-up nobody. You know, and so I wrote down G.I. Joe. And then, and then I gave it to the guy beside me who never talked to me, and he wrote down G.I. Joe. Why you got to try to get up on my G.I. Joe Ford? So, you know, I gave it back to teacher. Well, first day of show-and-tell finale, Super Bowl show-and-tell, who would like to go first? That kid, ooh, let, ooh, I'll go first. He had an Eddie Haskell spirit all up on him, just all faking and hating. You know, just, ooh, I'll go. He's, you know, he's that kid, y'all, you know that kid. And I was I'm gonna punch you upside your head. And so, uh, that's how we do it in resource. And so, you know. Um, so he he gets up and he, he gets his G.I. Joe he brought G.I. Joe. He gets up, it's my G.I. Joe. It's in a box. My dad just brought it because we keep it locked in a closet. And you can't touch it. It's a collector's GI Joe. It's in a box. What's a G.I. Joe doing in a box? It's a G.I. Joe. It's a frogman G.I. Joe. Ain't never seen the water. Been up in a box. And so he's like, it's about incredible. I don't know what's incredible, it's so special. How you know it's special? It's in a box. And so we get done, and he's like, Oh, that's great, Johnny. It's amazing. Uh, would you pass it around? I can't pass it around. Special edition, G.I. Joe. My dad's gonna come get it, log it back up in the closet. You can come by and look at it. <laughs> don't touch it. And then and, and everybody's like, wow, that's crazy. It's- Fantastic. Then I'm the next day. I bring my G.I. Joe. See, my G.I. Joe lived in the backyard. Oh, come on, somebody at Victory. See, my G.I. Joe lived in the backyard where my dog was that ran on a chain. See, my G.I. Joe, I'd let its hair on fire just to see if it could handle the heat. See, my G.I. Joe, I'd strap the N80 to its back just to blow it up so I could tell people my G.I. Joe's been to war. I tore its leg off and duct taped it. Come on, somebody. I was showing and telling about my G.I. Joe who'd been through the battle, and when I was done, I said, Here, tear its leg off. I got more duct tape. When I got done, everybody gave me a standing ovation. Say, what's that got to do with church? It's got everything to do with church because life is not lived in a box, locked up in a closet. It ain't special edition. No, life is lived in the backyard with a dog on a chain. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. That's where my life is lived. Wouldn't it be great if it was perfect? And all the Wouldn't it be great if we had everything was controlled? Controlled environment. How many of us, that's not marriage? I didn't raise any kids. i I'll never forget, I do pre-marriage counseling. A couple came in, and I was kind of fooling my stuff. And I looked up, and they moved my table, scooted the chairs together. That's my table. Why are you touching my table? so they could be together closer. Okay, that's, that's odd. Um, and then they're holding hands, just oh. I was like, hello, hello, I'm about to vomit, okay. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. And, uh, and then I said, well, hey, let's talk about some things. Then I get to go, hey, what are your challenges? She, she's, he's perfect. Okay, I'm really nauseated now. Because you lost your mind, girl. And then, and then here's the crazy part. You want It gets crazier. And he doesn't deny it. I'd be like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I got issues. My issues got issues. No, he just says, like he agrees with it. I'm going to take you out back. You crazy. I mean, that ain't marriage. Marriage isn't perfect. I mean, could you imagine raising kids and they just always quote the scripture to you? Hey, can I see your phone? Yes, thou and <laughs> glorious goddess. The Lord be magnified us. Look at my Snapchat ish. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you went and asked your boss for a raise, and after the meeting, he just sends you like money emojis, just blowing up your phone like it's just money, dollar, 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 dollar. Dolla, dolla. Have a great weekend. How many? Of us, that's not life life is about being held together by Holy Spirit duct tape. Why? Because out of that, even in that, even in the duct tape, even in the backyard, even with my hair on fire, I know that God is working in it for my good and for his bigger purpose. That I can live a life that would show and tell others that I have been through the pain, I have been through the suffering, I have been through the situation, but God Almighty, He's going to help you out because He helped me out because nobody's looking for perfect. Nobody is attracted by perfect. That's what I love about this church. Let's tell the story. Let's help people out in a Victor group. Let them know, hey, I know what it feels like. Be a a blended family. I know what it feels like to go through addiction and pain. I know what it feels like to go through a divorce and be single again, be a single parent. Let's tell those stories. Because those stories are the sermons that we preach that reach people for the cause of Christ. I'm going to finish up. and I'm going to give you some application, just some handles around this idea of show and tell. Here's the first thing that, that kind of a takeaway is your faith does the work fear will, will will lie to you fear will tell you that what you've been through has disqualified you that's a lie what you've been through sometimes is the very thing that god is going to use to help somebody else through their storm that's why we got to get through what we're going through so we can help somebody else get through what they're going through that's how the church works that's what a growth track is about. That's what a next step is about. I've been writing in my journal a lot lately, and I wrote this in my journal the other day. I need to feed my faith and starve my fear. And, and one of the ways I feed my faith is being in church. It's, it's giving. Every time I give, every time I, I tithe, every time I text to give, that's how we tithe in our family. Every time I do that at the beginning of the month, I'm feeding my faith, and I'm starving that lying fear that wants to balance, bind me up from ever sharing to other people that God is good. Here's the second thing that I'm realizing more and more around that idea is your walk is your witness. How you walk is your witness. You know, have you ever run into somebody who they talk a good game, but they don't walk a good game? that they're, it's like you say one thing, but your life doesn't look what, they're not matching. We are living in a day today that I believe our walk is our greatest witness. Oh, we're going to need to say words, and we're going to need to talk to people. I'm going to tell you what, if your talk and your walk is separated, then no one's going to be connected to Jesus. How we connect people to Jesus is when our talk and our walk match. So, Lord, when I walked through this pain the other day, I texted Jack, my friend from, from my senior year. He's a baseball coach in South Carolina. And I texted him and I said, thank you for how you responded to pain. Thank you that you didn't quit the church or get angry or get mad at God. Because you remained, it helped reveal Jesus to me. His walk, how he walked it out. Through his hurt, through his loss losing his daddy, but he walked it out. People are watching your walk. Your walk is your sermon at work on the campus. And then the last thing that I think is so important, and I'm learning this more and more as we reach people across all culture and diversities and the things that are happening in our world today is your life is a living invitation. The way we live our life It's either inviting, or we live our life uninviting. I want to live my life for two things. I want to live my life to invite people to church, and I want to live my life to invite people to Jesus. And most often, uh, so often, the first step is church. And if, if I could live my life in a way, and I could care, and I could notice, and I could be aware of the pain, and the problems, and the situations that people are in, and not be so into myself, if I could be aware of that happening around me, then maybe I can lean in in my life and my words and the way that I serve people and the way that I'm generous could be a living invitation to church because many people are one invitation away from church that will then be an invitation to Jesus. I can't imagine after all the things you've been through in your life that God would use you to be an invitation to somebody to find forgiveness, find grace, find truth for their life. The Word of God, mercy. Lord, let me live my life in that way. i finished with this, this story. The other day at our church, Church of the Highlands, we do prayer, getting ready for the weekend, because we believe in our weekends we're going to reach people. Whole weekends are designed like this around reaching people. And so uh, we do prayer meeting on Saturday mornings. So I got done with prayer meeting. I, I came home and I, I had an idea what my day would be like, but my, my, my wife changed my idea and changed my, my thought. And she said, hey, you're going to take us shopping today. It's going to be awesome. Glory. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so we go shopping. So we go to the store called Forever 21, which ought to be called Forever Hell. If you work there, God bless you. So uh, it's, it's like crazy. It's a billion people in there. It's hot, like hot. I'm a big guy. I'm Bernard Diesel. I'm hot 30. I'm just, I mean, it's just hot. And and then there's like animal print, like boa feathers everywhere. And they make the aisles real close together. Big man can't get through the aisles. I'm just trying to move around. And there ain't no chairs. Why ain't y'all got a chair in here? And the music. It's frantic. Ah! And, 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 And I lose my family and it's, I'm hot, I'm sweating, and, and then all of a sudden my wife shows up 45 minutes later and just hands me all these clothes. It's like 50 things. It's all like a dollar. I could buy the whole store for $1,000, all their inventory. And, and she says, go up and check out, be a honey, and I'll be back in a little bit. No, because the checkout are these gates. You're just walking like zombies to your death. You're just walking, and and, and they've got, like, scrunchies that make music. They're shopping along while they're checking scrunchies that make music. And, like, Justin Bieber eye patches and neon uh, nail polishes. (gasps) And there's one other guy in the whole store, and he's behind me, and he keeps trying to break in line. Dude, you're behind me. And these small guys jabbing with the hangers. And so finally, you get up. I don't know if you've ever been there or not. You get to a point where you're waiting on a checkout counter to open. So I'm blocking people out and been to a prayer meeting in Jesus' name. Back up off me. He's jabbing me with his fingers. Nobody's gonna beat me. Finally, one opens and I make a mad dash and I throw all my stuff up there. I, <sighs> she says, She just looks at me, she says, Wow, how are you? I said this, I said, thank God I went to prayer meeting. It's really strange, like, what's a prayer meeting? And for once, I wish I could say I do it a lot, and I don't. For once, I paused. I looked at her. I said, how are you? She says, you don't even want to know. She says, you don't want to even know how dark it is. She don't know me. The Bible says that the, the eyes are the window to the soul. And I looked into her eyes and I saw brokenness. I saw pain, I saw struggle, I saw rejection. She says, I've had the worst week of my life. You don't even want to know. Wow, you've told a stranger how deep is your hurt. I said a few things to her. I could preach a sermon, but I could be an invitation. And as I was done, I said, what is your first name? And she told me your first name. I said, listen, you don't know me. But I'm a, and it's hot. I mean, there's people all. Alter- the other guy, he's left the, the boundaries. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a rules. <laughs> he broke the rules. And now he's trying to put his stuff up before I've gone. And he's jamming with hangers, trying to get his stuff up there. And he's crowding me. And so, and I just, I'm trying to pull. And I said, listen, I'm going to go down there. And I'm going to pray for you because God loves you and God cares about you. And you're, I said these words, I said, you're not alone. People feel lonely. I don't know if you've ever felt alone. It's not a good feeling. And, and when I said, I'm gonna pray for you, this guy beside me, he's like, and, and a couple of his friends showed up trying to get him to hurry, and he said, he's praying for, it. that's the holdup, they're having a prayer meeting. I said, my man, my man, my man, you don't know me. You don't know where I come from. You don't know my people. I will go Medea. I will shut down Forever 21. Back up off me. He just backed up a little redneck from Alabama. Amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother needs space. Give me some space. Hot, hot, killing me, man. So I went down to the end of that counter, and I prayed for that daughter. I don't know what she's into. It doesn't matter what she's into. doesn't matter what she's done. It doesn't matter how dark it is. All that matters is she, she matters to God. But here's the deal. It's great she matters to God. But at that point, she needed to know she mattered to me. And if she doesn't know she matters to me, she'll never know she matters to God. Hey, Victory, let's be that church. Let's be those people in this region. We live our life to show and tell what God has done. Amen? Bow our heads, let's pray together. Father, we love you. And Lord, I just thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I am reminded again today how much you love broken humanity. It's interesting that you died among two thieves. So messed up. And you gave both of them an opportunity. One rejected and one accepted. Lord, so many people will never know unless we ask. So many people will never find you until we notice them. I pray for Victory Church. I pray for blended families and for single parents. And Senior adults and students, help us to be those people that care for the broken and hurting. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Victory. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.